Tonight is the last Sunday of the month, which during the school year is typically here our ministry focus nights um, most often. So we're going to go back tonight and wrap up the ministry focus that we did a month ago, or we began a month ago um, at the end of February. And so um, we're going to go back tonight to talk about this idea of discipleship, because it's something that uh, we, we talk about quite a bit here, off and on throughout the messages and things like that, but really want to take, want to take some time to unpack what, what is discipleship, why is it a, a vital thing as a church, um, but then also for in our own lives personally, how do we embrace what God has called us to do? And one of the most encouraging things to, one of the most encouraging titles or I guess not just titles, but descriptors that, would, that you could use for an organization, um, an environment, or a business is the word thriving. That's a thriving environment. Uh, that's a, a, an important word. It's a word that, that, that shows growth um, and change and something that's, that's, grow, that's getting stronger as it goes on. And, and so for a church, for a local church, one of the things you want to see, what we want to see, is we want to be a thriving local church. We want to see the Lord doing things in our lives and see the church uh, growing. And, and that doesn't always mean growing in numbers. I mean, it can be that way, but growing spiritually stronger together, thriving in the work of the Lord. And if we're invested in the, in the universal church and in the local church, we should want to see in that church a thriving culture. And the definition, the very definition of a thriving church is a church that is a disciple-making church. And what we talked about is, is that discipleship is essential to the body of Christ and expected in the life or lives of all believers. This is exactly what God said in his word, that he expects um, us to be makers of of disciples, and he expects those who know him to be disciples. Uh, there's no, um, it's not a selective thing. Well, I follow God, but I'm not a disciple. I'm not a learner. You, that's, that's, they're not mutually, they're not exclusive. They go together. And so what we looked at last time, and I just want to review very briefly where we were last time so we can catch you up um, in case you forgot over the last few weeks. But we looked, first of all, at the biblical definition of discipleship because everything we do begins and ends with the Word of God. And what we saw in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, is that discipleship is the commanded mission of the church because after his resurrection and before his ascension back to heaven, Jesus gave, in those two verses, what we commonly call the Great Commission. And Jesus sent forth his disciples with a much greater mission than go and make lots of converts. That was not the mission that Jesus gave. The mission was go therefore and and make disciples of all nations. They were to enlist others to be both believers in and learners of Jesus. They, discipleship is, is vital to the local church because first and foremost, it's commanded to us by God. It is defined then most basically as, as God's commanded mission to us. Secondly, 
we see that the biblical definition of discipleship involves godly imitation. And we look to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, where Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And what we saw is that discipleship involves life imitating life. It involves learning from others the things of the Lord. It involves patterning for others the things of the Lord. It means that, that what we're doing as disciple makers is pointing others to the things of God. And what we're do, supposed to be doing as disciples is, is finding those in our lives who are going to point us personally to the things of God. And so discipleship is imitation. So it puts great onus on the disciple maker to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. So that if others are looking to us, and they should be if we're making disciples, what they're seeing is us looking to God and imitating him. And then lastly, what we saw in 2 Timothy 2.2 was that the biblical definition of discipleship is there's an expected replication of disciples. Discipleship is replicating Christ followers, and this is done in both salvation and sanctification. It is done by going and reaching people with the gospel because you can't disciple someone if they don't know Jesus Christ. So first you have to, as Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples. You have to go. And then we, we, we disciple those that we have won to the Lord. It is the goal of all discipleship that disciples would make more disciples. Not that certain disciples would make more disciples, but that all disciples would then in turn make more disciples of Jesus Christ. That's the goal of our Christian walk. And then that continues on throughout our lives. Because without discipleship, churches die. Without discipleship, churches don't thrive. They become stagnant, right? We have to have this intentional movement of discipleship within our churches. But what we said was everything that we brand as discipleship is not always that. So we began addressing this last time, and so we're going to catch up real quick here and then finish this section out and look at the last one. And we talked about some misconceptions of discipleship. Number one, that discipleship is just church attendance. And we said and we understand that the preaching and teaching of God's word within the church context is vital to your Christian growth. You need to, to make um, that an important part of your Christian walk. But if that is our only spiritual instruction, then we become very anemic Christians. We need uh, not only personal time with God, right, one-on-one, but we also need personal connection with other believers who will invest in our lives the things of God and help to teach us these things. We need accountability and edification from one another. Basically, when it comes down to it, as Christians, we need each other in the things of God. And so, showing up for church a number of times per week, we feel will assuage our souls or not cramp our schedules isn't discipleship. That's a duty that we just carry out. But discipleship is far more than that. And what I said last time, what I ended on last time, was this idea that sometimes we get in our heads that discipleship is this idea of coaching. Because coaching involves an outside voice 
instructing someone on how to effectively do something you're not doing yourself. And we understand discipleship is not this because to be a discipler, you have to be in the action yourself. We have to be living the things of God. We have to know God personally. We have to be actively pursuing God. We have to be obedient to the things of God because we're not uh, shouting instructions from the sideline, but we're putting our arm around a fellow soldier in the trenches as we fight together for the Savior. That's discipleship. It's not coaching. It's not saying, hey, here's here's what you need to do. This is, hey, this is what we need to do together as we grow in the Lord. And so that kind of catches us up to where we were last time. So let's, let's continue looking at what we see here in this idea of discipleship. Sometimes we get this idea that discipleship is a program. This one makes me chuckle because this has kind of been the knee jerk reaction of churches sometimes. Hey, we need more discipleship, so let's create a discipleship program to put people in so they'll be disciples. It's like the American church reaction to a lot of things, right? We just we need something for the kids. Let's make a program. We need this. Let's make a program. It's you go to these, you go to, to churches, you walk into any church, and sometimes you feel like you've been programmed to death. And so sometimes what we do is we implement discipleship classes or curriculums and These things can be helpful and very useful, and I'm going to talk about that at the end tonight, how useful and helpful these things can be. Um, And and we as a church have talked about discipleship program and curriculums, but, but the personal involvement of one in the life of another is what is needed here. There's a pastor by the name of Tom Rainer, and he said, discipleship is more than merely learning information. Accumulating facts about God isn't discipleship. You can know a lot of things about any subject, but it doesn't mean you understand what it means to live out that thing. Just because someone completes a discipleship book does not make them a disciple. Because discipleship is is life touching life, not completing the requirements to get a certificate. You know, hey, look, you got your little certificate, you finished the discipleship class, you're in. There are helpful and guiding tools that we can and we probably should even use in our lives, but they don't, they don't define what it means to be a disciple or to receive discipleship. It's an ongoing process. And you say, well, when does discipleship end? When you reach heaven, Right? Because you're not growing and changing anymore then. God has glorified you. We're always disciples. Now, in a, a formal discipling relationship where you maybe, you, maybe some of you have done that, where you get together with somebody on a regular basis and talk through the things of God, may have a time where you're not doing that necessarily anymore, but you're still having those relationships and those connections with people in the things of God. Next, sometimes we, do, we confuse these two, that discipleship is just friendship. Now, I would argue that friendship is a very strong component of successful discipleship relationships. If you don't know how to be a friend, then you don't know how to be a, it's really hard to know how to be a discipler. Because you can't really touch someone's life if it's just a very sterile classroom environment. Jesus was an instructor to the twelve. He was a disciple maker of these 12 men who followed them. But do you know what else Jesus was to those 12 men? 
He was a friend. What did he say here in John chapter 15, verses 13 through 15? Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. If you're going to touch someone's life in a meaningful, spiritual way, such as discipleship, friendship is all but necessary. But let's not confuse hanging out with people for discipleship. Well, just because we get together and we have a good time doesn't make that a discipling relationship. Discipleship involves purposeful, intentional spiritual investment in the life of another person. And it's true, discipleship can take place in a variety of places in your life. I mean, Moses' words to the Israelites on how they should teach their children the ways of God are proof of that. Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 7, And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. What was Moses, through God, teaching the Israelites? That you are to teach your children the ways of God wherever you are and whatever you're doing. And obviously, this context takes place before Jesus' great commission in Matthew chapter 28. But there's a principle here that still applies to discipleship. Discipleship happens in a lot of settings, formally and informally. And so friendship's important. We need good, godly friends in our lives. If we're going to be Christians that, that serve the Lord on a regular basis, we have to surround ourselves with people who encourage us to serve the Lord, right? That, that put that positive influence into our lives, that, that godly influence into our lives. And discipling relationships can grow into very vibrant friendships. And no, it doesn't mean that you can't get together with anybody if you're not discipling them. That's not what we're saying. But just because we're hanging out together and enjoying company with another Christian doesn't mean it's a discipleship-driven relationship. We have to be purposeful to balance towards our goal of what we're doing here. And so, with those things being said, some things that we want to be careful of as we approach our relationships and our discipleship opportunities. How how can we do these things successfully? How can we as Christians in Beaverton, Michigan, build these types of relationships with other people? Well, there are some strategies that we can take towards this. And the first one is, is, is one that I've used over and over again, but it's something we want to talk about. We need to build Intentional relationships. Intentionality is a word that I've used often in this talk and these discussions of discipleship. We need to look for those that we can build intentional disciple-making relationships with. And you know what? That begins with people, it begins with sharing the gospel, right? Right? We can't make disciples of people who don't know the Lord, so we need to find people who need to know the Lord. 
And so we need to build relationships with them that are going to give us the opportunity to share the gospel with them. I, I, I love to call those redemptive relationships. But these are people that, that I need to, to give the gospel to, so I'm being intentional to build a, a relationship with them because you well know that, that it's really hard to, to relate to someone if you don't build that connection with someone. So we've got to find ways to, to put ourselves in the way of people and to put ourselves in the lives of people to, to, to do that. And you know what? There's also those who come into the church as new or young Christians who need a little bit more encouragement in their life and the things of the Lord. So put yourself out there and and build that relationship with that person. And remember, that relationships require many things of us. Relationships require time, maintenance, love, grace, hurt, availability, inconvenience, and things like this. this is, these are all things that every relationship in your life requires. If it's going to be a successful relationship, if it's going to be a normal human being relationship, these are all things you're going to experience. And you may build a redemptive, discipleship-seeking relationship with someone, and then you get an opportunity to share the gospel, and they don't want anything to do with the gospel. You know, maybe you have spent time cultivating and, and, sh- and, and preparing the groundwork and you share with that person the gospel and you continue to share with them the gospel and they just continue to shut you out. They shut you down. And it doesn't mean that you don't continue to cultivate that relationship, but it means that sometimes we have to reprioritize those relationships as we go. Okay, the, the Lord still needs to do some work in their heart. I'm still going to reach out to them, but, but maybe that's not the right place to put all of my efforts right now. I need to continue to see who else God may put in my path. I also would caution you to be careful not to overload your own capacity. Some, some have the ability to handle multiple discipling relationships you know that you just find in their life they're always touching someone else's life and they're always reaching into that life and doing this and doing that other people can't handle as many of those things God's gifted us all differently but each Christian is still called to be a disciple maker we can't use the excuse well God hasn't really given me that gift that's not what God said he's called us to go and make disciples if we are parents we should not neglect the discipling of our own children first. Those are the disciples that God has given you within your own home to win them to Christ and teach them the things of God. If you are a husband, do not fail your role as the leader of disciple-making efforts in your home. Paul said, we looked at this in our home series in Ephesians chapter 5, that husbands are to spiritually lead their wives, and there are expectations and implications having to do with discipleship in a husband and wife relationship. Now, it doesn't mean that wives don't teach their husbands anything. That's not what I'm saying. Because oftentimes, discipleship relationships are a two-way street. I think I've shared with you here um, times when um, God uses my own kids to teach me things about himself. You know, I feel like, wow, you know, that's just this two-way street as their faith continues to grow and build in those things um, that God uses them to, to challenge my own faith and grow me and him. But what it does mean is that in a godly home, in a godly home, 
A wife should be able to look to her husband to set a spiritual tone of this is, we serve the Lord here, and this is how we're going to do that. We're going to build these relationships. That's what godly homes look like. So we should, as we said, go out of our way to build these relationships and, and stick with them. And, you know, some of those relationships are going to get hard. Sometimes you're going to get in, involved in a relationship like this with someone and, and, and invest and invest and invest, and they're going to turn on you. They're going to they're walk away. We continue to pray and we continue to, to seek for them to, to turn back to the Lord. But while we're doing that, building intentional relationships, we need to also remember to seek intentional investment in our own lives. One of the greatest truths of the Christian walk is, on this side of eternity, we're never done growing in the Lord. There's always more to learn. So seek out those who can intentionally invest in your life as a Christian. I would encourage you to open yourself up to these types of relationships in your own life. To spend time with brothers and sisters in Christ and identify those that you want to learn more from. You know, perhaps you look at your life and your family and you think, man, I really need to grow in a specific area. I mean, God has really burdened me to to grow in prayer or in my marriage or in my parenting or how I study my Bible or whatever it may be. And I'm telling you, in a place like, like, like this, like a local church, you should be able to look around and see people who God is, maybe they've walked with God for a long time and something like that they're really strong in. You, you should be able to go to a person like that and say, hey, I want to learn how to, whatever, fill in the blank. And I'd like to, I'd like to spend some time with you and, and talk to you about that. That's seeking out intentional investment in the things of God. You know, again, I, I said before, sometimes we... We think, man, I, I really need to grow in the Lord. So we sit around and we think, oh, I hope somebody comes and talks to me about the Lord so I can grow more in him. There's nothing wrong with going out and finding somebody. Say, hey, I want to do this. You'll be amazed how God can use this in your own life. You, but we must be willing and, and hungry to, for the things of God. And along the way, we can use the tools that we had, have in our lives. We also want to utilize effective tools in our discipling and discipleship. I, I was very, um, very clear, right? Discipleship is not just a program that you send people through in a church. It's an intentional investment. But you can find very, uh, a, a vast uh, group of, of helpful resources available here through our church and other places to aid in your discipleship efforts. You know, perhaps you are attempting to, to help someone grow in the Lord. You say, well, I just don't know where to take them. We, we here at our church, um, to both share the gospel and to, to begin those discipleship relationships, use a program called The Exchange, right? Some of you did that last, last year with us, where there's a, a little four-week Bible study, and it goes through the gospel, and that's a great that's a great tool to, uh, number one, reach people with the gospel. Say, hey, you know, you build this relationship with somebody. Say, hey, I got this four-week Bible study that I, I love doing, and would you like to do it with me? It's also, by the way, very helpful for in the lives of, of newer believers as you continue to help them understand the things of the faith. Hey, this is what we want to, we these are the core things. And then beyond that, for someone who trusts Christ, there's another 12-week Bible study called Living the Exchange, that has to do with, with 
our growth in the Lord and helps root and ground someone in the things of God. But again, I would encourage you that, you know, if you say you, you have an opportunity to do that with somebody, you know, we don't get to the end of that, pat them on the back and say, well, you're a disciple. Um, we never need to talk about things of God ever again. That's not how we do it, okay? That's just, those are things that help us to work through the things of God together. Of course, you can always just get together with somebody and say, hey, I want to study the Word of God together. Let's pick a book of the Bible. Let's study it together. Let's talk through these things. I find these tools in discipleship are helpful when you get together more familiar with people to get intentional conversations going. And these conversations leak over into other needed areas of their lives. But honestly, some of the most effective tools that God has given us are intangible. They are the gifts and interests and talents that God has given you. I think you would be amazed at how much discipleship takes place in an informal setting. There's a lot of discipleship that takes place when you're working together with somebody on a project. You're, there's a lot of discipleship that takes place when you're, uh, when you, when you're out um, enjoying the company of another believer, but you've just said, listen, I'm going to make this an intentional effort to invest in their life for eternity. I'm going to make an intentional investment to get in their life and, and talk to them about these things. Simply because you use the opportunity to turn the conversation to the things of God. That's true of evangelism. That's true of, of discipleship. That we take the, the, the conversation, whatever it may be, and we turn it to the theme of themes. We turn it to the things of God. Whether we're trying to reach that person for the gospel or we're trying to help build them up in the faith. And that isn't limited to a church building, or a, 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 hey, let's sit down for an hour and talk about uh, discipleship and the things of God. That can happen in the car, riding down the road to go, you know, whatever it is, go to the store, to hit the golf course, to, 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 to take care of a project together with someone. These, these opportunities we can take to turn those conversations to the gospel, and how is God using that in our lives? Discipleship is essential to the body of Christ, and it's expected in the life of believers. And what we understand is disciple makers are everywhere. Parents, pastors, teachers, bosses, co-workers, neighbors, friends, and anyone that you have a relationship with can be discipled or be a discipler if they know the Lord. Some of these you know you need to reach for God. Others of these you know could use some spiritual encouragement and intentional investment in their lives. And some of these, though, some of these you know, could also, you could also benefit from them spiritually by putting yourself in their lives. And, and I, I want to go back to what I, as I finished up there, talking about turning the conversation to the things of God. Because this is a thought that I have. We spend a lot of time talking about a lot of things that don't matter, don't we? Because that's part of being a human being, right? We have a lot of things that interest us. I, there's a lot of idle chatter, right? Hey, did you see the snow yesterday, right? Because that's what we want to we talk about, right? Or, hey, what did you do this week or that week? Again, there's nothing wrong with these sorts of things. But we will discuss every mundane topic we can think of. And, 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 and that's, those are good things. That's how we build normal relationships. 
But if we're not willing to take a conversation or relationship deeper than the mundane topics of conversation, we're missing an important ministry we can have and an important ministry we can benefit from. So I challenge you, look around this room tonight, on a Sunday morning, on a Wednesday, and and you are bound to find someone you know that you can learn from or someone you know you can invest in for the kingdom of God. And my question is, what's stopping you from building that relationship where either you you are discipled or you are becoming more of a discipler in their lives? And if you're, you're looking for help with that, maybe you're one looking to, for someone to invest in your life, I would love to help you with that. You know, I might be able to, to be a person like that in your life, or, I might, or, or what I would love to do is continue to connect you with people in your life who can do that for you. And if you're looking for a direction on how to disciple someone, you say, hey, what, what are some things we can use in these things, or how do I go about that? Um, again, that's something we, I can help you with or, or others can help you with practically as well to, to um, make that a possibility in your life. Because a disciple-making church is a thriving church. And a thriving church is, um, is a church that is winning people to the Lord and growing them in the things of Lord, in the Lord. Right, and that's what we want to do here at Beaverton Baptist Church. We want to be, we want to exist to both um, create and grow disciples to the glory of God. 